welcome to a Life Doctor Mental Fitness Podcast, helping you change your mind so you can change your life. So something a little bit different with this podcast, something that I get asked on a regular basis, and it's not something I actually talk about enough. So it's time to bring this side of things into the podcast, and that is my own experiences with anxiety. And it's something that a lot of people can relate to. So hence, I just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things I went through, but more importantly, what no one told me. I mean, I hadn't a clue, really, that anxiety was uh, of a physical condition. It was something that's, and it is still today, promoted as a mental condition, something you're dealing with with your thoughts, which create overwhelming feelings. And because I believed that, that's what I was being told, that was the path I pursued to find a way to heal myself or to get healed, to be cured, to find that magic bullet. But it never happened that way. It never happened that way. I had talk therapy. I opened up, which was really, really hard to do because at the time there were thoughts and feelings going around which I couldn't quite put my finger on what they meant. But also at the same time, I often felt tense and anxious without what seemed to be like any thoughts in my head. I just felt worried. So if anyone asked me what I was worried about, I couldn't at times quite tell them. And with the range of anxious thoughts sometimes going through my head, I didn't want to tell people what I was thinking about because it made me sound like I was going crazy. I mean, surely no one else was thinking these thoughts. They all looked all right. What the hell was happening to me? What made things a little worse was we had mental health issues within the family and they looked really scary. For example, my grandfather, really clever man, developed Alzheimer's. And for me as a young child growing up watching that, I was absolutely terrified of how he seemed to be losing his mind. My uncle suffered with schizophrenia and that would often manifest itself when he was with me. So I would see him literally talking to himself, pacing up and down and acting really strangely, which is very scary for a young boy growing up. My own mother, due to uh, the loss of my sister, really struggled with that, developing agoraphobia, which was confusing to witness as I really didn't understand what was happening to my mother, who was one minute going out confidently and the next avoiding going out at all. And as I was growing up, I also began to suspect there was something different about me. And kids being kids, they sensed that I became a target. You could never tell with the people I was growing up with whether I was their friend or not. One minute you could be hanging around playing and having a good laugh and the next minute you know... You're surrounded by people with sticks and stones and it got quite brutal. So I kind of lived on the edge. Stressful family dynamics. Uh, didn't get on well with my father. And uh, I developed a travel phobia. Yuck. Um, basically, I became traumatized by travel because of a severe travel sickness. And uh, that meant that I would become absolutely terrified of getting into a vehicle. So much so I could could literally throw up before I even got into it. Um, Which, again, 
as a young boy growing up was terrible to experience. With a family that showed no patience towards me being ill, in fact, they used to think that I was making it up just to sit in front of the car. It was an odd thing to do. Um, but with that lack of compassion and being to feel embarrassed and ashamed that I was, having, I was struggling, I closed down and didn't open up. Couldn't talk about what I was going through. I had to suffer in silence. I really believed it was all my fault. So as I was getting older... I not only struggled being in groups of people, I struggled with travel. The thought of being ill or sick. Things began to improve. There were patches where I felt more normal and I could be around some people. But it was really common back then for me to be with a group of people in my teen years and then suddenly vanish. My friends would turn around and I'd be gone. Because at some point in time, whilst I was in their company, my brain was convincing me that they didn't want me around. I'd begin to interpret what I was seeing and what I was hearing, everything, as somehow a dig at myself or a way of feeling embarrassed and ashamed uh, that I wasn't good enough to be in their company. At any point, they would look at me and say, why are you here? I dreaded that so much so that I ignored all the evidence of the contrary and I would just simply vanish, which of course, for them, made me look very strange. But in my head, I'd just gone home. Didn't really matter to them, surely, but it did. But I didn't realise that at the time. So I left school, which I was glad to do. I didn't want to carry on with any secondary education. Not there, as it was quite a brutal place for me to be. So I really struggled. Um, so I went to college, and the first course that I did was uh, counselling and law, funnily enough, strangely. And I was ho partly hoping that the counselling would help me, help me understand what I was going through. And during the course of learning counselling, you do open up, you get to to talk. I wasn't finding that useful. And even though I ended up in therapy, I, whilst talking about myself was great, it was nice to do that for the first time, to do that properly. It wasn't touching the sides with the anxiety at all. And... Again, I really did feel at times like giving up. I really did. I latched onto all sorts of belief systems, spiritual belief systems, to try and feel better about myself. Um, and actually, looking back, they probably made it worse. But I was just doing what I could. I was doing what I could to cope. Doing what I could to change how I feel. And it wasn't until I began to look back into the human body and the brain to find out what, 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 does, what is anxiety, what is it doing? No one really had sat me down and explained it to me. I mean, I was too frightened at the time to go to the doctors. I was a bit Mr. Holistic. Um, and in my naivety, uh, I wouldn't go anywhere near any medication. And looking back on that, that might have helped me begin to get more of an equal balance in my mind, to become more, a bit more centred so that I could cope with life better. But I was too frightened. And then whilst I was researching 
the brain and the body and anxiety, I began to understand something about the limbic system, the amygdala, the survival, the emotional center of the brain. The limbic system is made up of parts of uh, parts of the brain areas, and these deal with our freeze, fight, and fight response. And by looking into this from a physiological point of view, I had an epiphany, and that was. I needed to reverse, if I wanted to control anxiety, I needed to reverse the flight or fight response. Or I prefer to call it the freeze, fight or flight response, which I picked up a few years ago from the wonderful author Joe Navarro um, and his amazing book, What Everybody Is Saying. But it began to dawn on me, the more I looked into this, there was a problem with my nervous system. It had been, from a young age, traumatised, overburdened and stressed for really long periods of time. This was affecting my chemistry, my serotonin, my dopamine, my oxytocin levels, to the point where I just felt anxious, where I could have a panic attack thinking about going in a vehicle. I could feel that a big bubble beginning to build up in my chest. The tension, almost like I could, I would try and sometimes almost screen internally to pop it. Very odd. Uh, but I just wanted it to go. I'd do anything for it to go. And for a lot of people with anxiety, IBS becomes part of that. And that's pretty hideous. I mean, not only having to deal with these overwhelming feelings and thoughts... Now you've got to plan and control as much as you possibly can around going to the toilet. Life became way too unmanageable and I really, really needed to get something done about it. And by looking back at the biology of the body, it did dawn on me that this was a physical thing creating my mental state. It wasn't just a mental state that needed treatment that way. So talk therapy, whilst it it can be useful, wasn't going to help me. I had to go back to the drawing board and begin to study and find the best ways to heal my nervous system. And that's when I began to find some answers. Now, no one told me that when you take a deep breath, you can begin to trigger your parasympathetic nervous system to relax. But more importantly, when I took a deep breath, my chest was puffing out like Superman, which meant I was shallow breathing and I would be breathing too quickly, which meant I would often feel much worse. Too much oxygen can make us feel jittery, giddy, feel strange. So deep breaths weren't working. But what I didn't know, I wasn't doing a deep breath in the first place. Breathing down to the diaphragm changed everything for me. Slowly, gently, rhythmically. And the more I began to look into that from, I think it was mindfulness that I began to get a lot of answers from. I mean, to be fair, mindfulness, and, it, and I do believe this still, is taught so badly. It is only appealing to a certain type of person. If you're a spiritual um, or maybe religious, you may be more drawn to the holistic side of therapies, which include mindfulness. And yet, And again, it's nice to see that happening more. But mindfulness is an amazing tool, really amazing. I kept going back to it. I really did. Because 
despite really struggling to understand it, especially the thoughts are just thoughts parts, there was something in it which began to, the more I looked into it, ring true. And by slowly breathing down to the diaphragm, not fighting my anxiety and allowing it to be there, which is a huge change. I mean, who, who wants to feel anxiety? So you're naturally judging it, naturally wanting just to get rid. So you're naturally hyper-breathing, uh, trying to get rid of the thoughts, trying to think of other things, trying to distract yourself. And none of that works, none of that works. But it's understandable for us to do that because we are primed to move away from negativity. The minute I began to accept my anxiety, which did take some time, I had no one to guide me, it's all by myself, was the minute I began to experience small periods of feeling what I can only class as normal. I didn't know what that's what it was. There are moments when I just didn't feel that panic, that tension. And that was really strange. In fact, I began to worry why it wasn't there, which of course triggered it. But the more I practice a little bit of mindfulness, begin to sit with my thoughts, began to learn that they were not real, but they felt real. And looking back into evolution, how we began to evolve our free flight and fight responses. It began to make sense to why I was feeling and thinking the way that I was. And it's a huge sigh of relief because trying to change a mental state for me was really difficult. But the reason for that was because my body was out of control and it was my physiology that needed to change first. And by working with the physiology, which is what I teach my clients this very day, to some wonderful feedback, is didn't I feel in control? I felt in control. Just by deeper breathing, it became easier to manage my thought processes. Now these are thoughts that used to just shoot into my head, appear out of nowhere, terrify me. They felt so fast. My brain felt so fast. And now for what felt like the first time, it began to slow down. I could begin to process, have a bit of space between some thoughts. Thoughts didn't feel so overwhelming at times. It meant that I could deal with them. This for me was a huge change. So I began to research processes to begin to look at my thoughts in a more honest way. Because, as anyone knows with anxiety, you can really convince yourself that what you're thinking feels real. So you could be with a group of people and feel completely worthless, completely low, the odd one out that somehow you're not wanted. And I needed a process. I needed processes to begin to challenge that. And yes, there's a CBT process now, which is very, very handy. And it's something that can be used with clients. But it really is useless, I felt. Because when we are in a, uh, a primal state of uh, survival, your limbic system will hijack your brain and make it really difficult to access the rational, reasonable parts of ourselves. And that's the parts that CBT uses or any other therapy uses to, um, again, rethink things. So learning to, uh, A, reduce my limbic system response and reverse it was absolutely crucial for any therapy or technique to be effective. 
And this is one of the most common complaints uh, clients have where they've tried CBT or another therapy and they feel like a failure because they were not able to access the rational, logical parts of themselves. But that's really difficult because they've been hijacked by the limbic system. But no one was teaching them to reverse it. And now, again, in therapy that I teach, reversing that is the foundation. It's usually the first session because how can you access the best parts of yourself if your brain is going into survival response. We're not meant to be debating our danger, being logical, being rational, if we're actually in physical danger. But that's what's happening to your brain, even if it's emotional danger, where you fear being embarrassed or ashamed, or if anxiety is just happening because your nervous system is overburdened. Getting back control felt empowering, really empowering. There was a lot for me to do in regards to IBS, in regards to still uh, being around groups of people and also travel. But this was the start. And in a way, I'm very grateful that it led me to where I am now. Here on the microphone talking to you and sharing with you my experience. I didn't do a script for this one, uh, which I normally do for most podcasts. Uh, So apologies if it sounds a bit rambly. But I just felt I wanted this to come from how I felt from my heart. Um, So I wasn't too concerned how it totally came across. I think the message is here for you. And that is if you're suffering at all with uh, stress or anxiety, anger, and you feel yourself out of control, remember, unless you have a process to reverse that, which is you're reversing your limbic system response, the hijack, then it becomes much more difficult to access the best part of yourself and deal with the situation more appropriately and in context. Client after client after client tells me with their feedback, brilliant feedback, how this works for them. Obviously, there's a lot more to the therapy that I do, the coaching that I do, than just reversing the limbic system. There are ways of changing the way that we think, the way that we see our world, And again, when we begin to alter our mindsets, creating new habits and new beliefs that work for us, suddenly the world feels more exciting. There's more opportunities. It feels like there's more potential. And what's even better, you know that you can just go for it. doesn't matter if we fail. I don't care if I fail half the time, because what will happen is I know I will get better. I will try harder. I used to have a mindset where I would have just given up and slunk away, feeling ashamed and embarrassed, but that's no longer there. I have those thoughts. They do appear at times. I'm human. This is not about being perfect. It's about giving yourself the opportunity to be able more often to do the things that we need and want to do for a better quality of life. So I now have a mission, and that mission is to help as many people as I can change their mindsets to change their life, to be inspired, to reduce the anxiety, to no longer be held back by thoughts and fear that's not even real. So with my mission to help as many of you as I can to be inspired, to change your mindsets, to change your life, to be free from anxiety, that's out of context. Life is way too short to be tricked by illusions of the mind into reducing our quality of life. Take back control. The more you do that, the more you reduce pressure on your nervous system, the more it has a chance to heal and regenerate. That continues to change everything. 
and those strategies will be continue to be shared in podcasts, on videos and with clients when they come to see me in person. So that's the end of this podcast. Please share, please subscribe, please send to anyone you think that might benefit from what I've been talking about today. And thank you for listening.